Hello, and welcome to the Television Spotlight on the Comic Book Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about a television show that we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I am joined by my sister Kay. We're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the third season of Flash. Spoilers for It, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, the 90s Flash show, anything else that comes up. And I'll start off by saying I don't think this was the best season of the show. I agree. I think they ended the second season with him going and changing up time to where they had to deal with that this this season. Flashpoint was the start of it, and it really kicked off uh, a plot line that ran the entire season, both of putting right what putting wrong once what right, I guess, might be the way to yes. say that. Definitely in the eyes of other characters, yes. Uh, it, yeah, it really changed up relationships, and the status quo left some permanent changes mm-hmm. uh, on the universe. Well, Cisco's brother was now dead. Diggle's son is now his daughter, or daughter's now his son. now his son. Things of that sort. I mean, there were repercussions. Mm-hmm. Then when they set up that Iris was going to die, and then that was the, the crux of the rest of the season, mm-hmm. it felt like they were always reacting to mistakes made or mistakes yet to be made. This was a season of fear. Yeah, it was a very uh, down- uh, aspect to the season. I mean, I think for years people have said, you know, Flash is the show you watch for the bright, sunny side of the DC universe. When you want the dark, brooding side of the DC universe, you watch Arrow. I will say this gave Grant Gustin uh, a lot to work with. Oh, yeah. His acting chops really showed through. Everything from the stuff he was doing at the end of the season where the tone got fairly dark. Mm-hmm. To the episode in which Barry loses his memory and isn't weighed down by all the bad things that have happened to him. Yeah, that was a fascinating episode in a few respects, uh, complete with his not liking being called Barry. Going with Bart. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was apropos because Bart Allen is the name of Impulse. Mm. Somebody who just does, not mm-hmm. thinks. Well, it was very much a reaction to the nickname we choose in childhood may not be the one we choose in adulthood. So I liked that. But also there was an aspect of Iris who when he said, you know, what do you mean both my parents are dead? Oh, don't worry. They died peacefully. Yeah. It was natural causes. It was all fine. You're good with it now. It was a very good season for Iris. Yes. And gave that actress a lot to work with and mm-hmm. she did a, a terrific job. I think they've got a very strong cast on this show. Yes. Uh, I don't know that I really think the F- Killer Frost stuff played out as well as it maybe could have. It didn't go poorly, but they... The, the Killer Frost aspect is kind of awkward in terms of, as the non-comic reader, she comes across as someone who's meant to be a villain that they're not going to allow to be a villain. In the comics, uh, she was called Killer Frost because she was a killer and very cold, both in demeanor. 
There have been two versions of the character. This is the second version from the comics versus the original. Both were Firestorm villains. They dealt with that with her Mm -hmm. being uh, the fiancé of Ronnie Raymond. But I guess it went from Caitlin Snow being an interesting character to Killer Frost. It became a very non-nuanced. I was going to say, Killer Frost is very one note. Yeah, and it would have been nice if there had been a little bit more mm-hmm. nuances there. They ended the season such where she could either be written out or written in with one of those, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer sort of a thing. At the end of the season, I felt like she was coming out of a midlife crisis and trying to figure out how to emotionally put herself back together. Yeah. And she's very young to be going through that. I will be curious to see if she's in next season, either at all as a regular, as a recurring, or what they do with the character. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of different directions they could go. Yeah. Um, the one that would be the hardest was It's As If Nothing Had Happened. Yes. That that I don't see is in the cards. Now, with Cisco bringing in a Gypsy as someone with similar powers and abilities, who was basically of the attitude of, you haven't figured this out yet? You didn't know you could do this? You didn't know how powerful we are? They went a very different direction from Gy- for Gypsy than in the comics. In the comics, there was the, uh, the Detroit-era Justice League. Uh, The Justice League was originally founded in the 60s, Superman, Batman, uh, Wonder Woman, Flash, Martian Manhunter, Aquaman. Did I leave any out? I think there were like seven of them. And they've changed in the retellings of the origin who all was there. Then you hit kind of the satellite era when you bring in the Hawks, Hawkman, Hawkwoman, Zatanna, Green Arrow, um, the Atom, Red Tornado, a bunch of others. That all ended and they went in a very different direction, instead of a satellite or anything, they went to Detroit. Basically, the team was disbanded, reformed, and it was a couple of core members, Aquaman, uh, and by core, I'm using the term loosely, uh, Vixen, maybe Black Canary, but they added four new ones. Uh, Commander Steel, mm. which is a different steel than the one we've got over in Legends Tomorrow okay. with the same chain of steels. Big family. We wound up with... I'm trying to remember who the other ones... Uh, Elongated Man was one of the other core members. Um, but we wound up with Vibe, mm. who had just the, the vibration powers, not the vibe-sensing sort of things they give Cisco here. Uh, Gypsy, who was a illusionist slash invisibility, so stealth mm. powers. That is different. Yeah. And then... I'm trying to remember who the fourth one was... Might have been Vixen they had added, but she was already an established character. It only went for a little while, and it was one of those where it didn't get a whole lot of, of respect from the readers. Because it's now set in downtown Detroit or whatever in a bunker, uh, and it had a very different... F- you can't take the Justice League and turn them into a street-level hero team. Yeah. It just doesn't quite yeah. quite play. Martian Manhunter may have been one of the other characters. Definitely he was in the team. So him, Aquaman, uh, Elongated Man, I'd have to go look it up. But this is one of the most, frankly, disrespected eras of the Justice League. That's unfortunate. Well, you got a Puerto Rican break dancer. He's one of your heroes? <laughs> yeah. You've got a street urchin gypsy. She's one of your heroes? Yeah. You know, it was... But they've taken a lot of those aspects uh, that were, frankly, kind of lame. 
but turn them into viable characters here. I was going to say, though, what you were pointing out is kind of, no matter how great a character or, character or idea is, if you put them in the wrong place or concept, they're going to flop. I wouldn't go so far as to say there are no good or bad ideas, but just execution of them. I was going to say... Because um, I think there are some bad ideas. Well, no, but sometimes characters and concepts are like jigsaw puzzle pieces. And if you try to force together three or four pieces that simply are not cut such that they can fit together. Absolutely. It's not just, is this a good character, but does it work within the confines of what we're telling? Yeah. And... Part of what made Gypsy work really well here is she came from Earth-19, the mm -hmm. same Earth as our Harrison Wells that we spent most of the season with, HR. HR. And it was one where traveling to other Earths was forbidden. And her job was to go and get people like HR and bring them back to face justice. And yet she would, I mean, technically, legally, in her work capacity... She could do what she was doing to come see Cisco and the team, except she wasn't on a job or a mission. So some might say she was breaking that law when she came, like in the finale episode, to help them out because she could tell Cisco was going to die if she didn't. Yeah, I'm trying to remember in the Justice League of America vibe series they did is part of the New 52 they had, I think, the concept of that kind of, you know, bounty hunter across worlds or whatever. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember if they had used Gypsy for that or not. I think they might have. And that was sort of setting the scene for some of this. They definitely played around a lot with the multiverse. Yes. In this, uh, this season and did a pretty good job of it. I will say that this incarnation of HR drove me batty for the first half of the season. Understandable. He was kind of annoying. If he hadn't had payoff there at the end, and by end, I actually mean probably four or five episodes, um, I would have been very unhappy having had that HR. Mm -hmm. um, Zatanna was uh, the other member of the Detroit League. Aquaman, Zatanna, Martian Manhunter, Elongated Man, Vixen, uh, Gypsy, Steel, and Vibe. Vixen being one of the new four to the team. Um, and it's... Interesting how much of both the Detroit era and just the satellite era we're getting across the different Berlanti shows. Mm. Which makes sense because, I mean, that was the kind of the era I was growing up on the comics. I assume uh, Berlanti's roughly the same age, maybe a little older or whatever, uh, which would give a little bit more for a few of the characters or whatnot. But they're, they've, they've turned this very much into a team show. Yes. They pulled in uh, quite a few characters. We get Kid Flash this season. Well, yes. Let's start really basic. Uh, because they did Flashpoint, because they rewrote the timeline, that gave us Julian. Well, that gave us Julian. That also gave us uh, Wally as Flash in the, the other timeline. Yes. We come back into the real timeline. Uh, we now have Julian as the other CSI person in... Barry's boss. Yeah, Barry's boss. And Barry's like, I've never met the guy. Mm -hmm. So the the uh, fish out of water thing came into play a lot early on. Mm -hmm. um, and we also got a number of characters kind of as the, uh, the I don't say the monster of the week. Yes. But the well, threat of the week. At that point, we had uh, Dr. Alchemy, who yeah. had some kind of cocoon that could basically... 
they could find people who in Flashpoint had been powered metahumans, but here weren't. You know, like it, Wally. It kind of annoyed me that they went the direction they did with Dr. Alchemy because when I was first getting into the Flash uh, a comic, one of the stories I read was the, the day it rained the Flash. He gets hit by the Philosopher's Stone by Dr. Alchemy, turned into water vapor, you know? And basically, because Flash in the comics had complete molecular control of his body, he was able to excite the the uh, the atoms and, and molecules and stuff, create a thunderstorm, and rain himself back together. It was completely ludicrous, but it had a logic to it. I like it. Okay. But Dr. Alchemy was kind of the supernatural uh, alchemist. Mm-hmm. Okay. His spiritual twin brother, because it was Albert or Alvin Desmond and the other Desmond, uh, born at the same time to different families, you mm-hmm. know, whatever kind of a thing. So not literally twin brothers, but somehow linked, became Mr. Element. Yeah. Who is a science-based version. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine how fun it could be for over the course of a season, they've got this elemental villain they're fighting. And you've got to do it through one set of rules if it's the magic guy, a different set of rules if it's the science guy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, well, who is it this week? You yeah. Know? I mean, to me, the the dueling, um, you know, you think you're going after one guy and you're really going after two. Yeah. Could have been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And having the big, big bad this season be Savitar, yet another speedster. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, you've you've gone down this road too many times. Well, we had a strong hunch early on who Savitar was, but then we're like, that doesn't feel like it should be. We're trying to put out other possibilities. Could be this, that, or the other. But we kept coming back to they, they seem to be hinting it's this person. And, I mean, in the end, we were right, which was frustrating in terms of I wanted something more or different or... I don't know. I mean, I can see the high-level concept they were going for. He was battling his own inner pain, his own anger, upset, fear, but he was also determined to create the moment that made him go down the dark path so he would be the person he was. Well, first season, we're going up against uh, the reverse Flash. Mm -hmm. That appears to be Harrison Wells, turns out to be Eobard Thawne. Mm -hmm. Okay, get a good ending for that. Second season, we're going up against Zoom, mm-hmm. that appears to not be Jay Garrick, is Jay Garrick, but isn't Jay Garrick, because that's not confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get uh, Hunter Zolomon. Mm-hmm. So they pull together both the Reverse Flash and Professor Zoom characters, and at times they've been alternate names for the same character, so that's a fair thing to do. We also got Earth 2. We also got Earth 2, but I'm talking yeah, yeah. speedster well, villains here. Yeah, but my point is that it was because we got Earth 2 that we got a new Harrison Wells in. We got a new Harrison Wells, that's true. My point was, season 1, speedster villain. Season 2, speedster villain. Season 3, new speedster hero in Flashpoint, who goes up against Rival, another f- speedster villain. Mm-hmm. So that's the start of the season. End of the season, we've got Savitar, another speedster villain. By this point, they've re- pretty much run out of other speedsters because they've brought in the real Jay Garrick as well as Professor Zoom, Reverse Flash, Rival. So if Savitar, they have to go to Barry because what else is left? Oh, wait, they have Jesse Quick. Guess what? Used her. The only two major speedsters yet to get pulled into this universe are Johnny Quick, who was the father of Jesse Quick. So you could argue... By implication, they've brought him in, even though they haven't. 
So they actually had his formula, I think, up on one of the grease boards at one point. Uh, and then the other one is um, Max Mercury, who originally was known as Quicksilver, but because, well, he's an Avenger and an X-Men over at Marvel, they renamed him Max Mercury. Yeah. Which was one of the many names. And he was kind of the Zen speedster. He would be the, uh, the wise old man, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of speedsters. And they may pull both of those in. The only other one I can really think of uh, would be, e- well, we got Wally, so we got Kid Flash. You could do another Wally as Kid Flash, but that'd just be confusing. And you could also bring in either Bart Allen, the grandson of Barry and Iris, which would be fun. Mm-hmm. Imagine having a 14 or whatever year old speedster running around. They're newlyweds. They're grandkid shows up to visit and it's like wait we haven't had kids yet mm-hmm. and could really put them off kids so i mean there's a lot of fun you could do there well you gotta wait three or four episodes at least to get to that oh yeah this isn't a first thing but then the other one they could bring in would be uh bart's cousin uh i think it was jenny but xs is what she went by in the legion of superheroes so there are things they could do but really there are only four other speedsters i can think of well of the ones you've mentioned i'm in favor of max mercury the obi-wan kenobi of speedsters because both kid flash and barry need a good solid trustworthy mentor the trick would be casting him right and if you could get around the the the, the actor i think would be fascinating for the role would be alan alda Mm, yeah wise old man with a little bit of an attitude Mm mm-hmm because he could really put Barry in his place or whatever kind of a thing. And, and yeah, it'd be he'd be a fun casting for that. I don't know that they need more speedsters, though. No, they don't. The fact they didn't even feel the need to bring Jesse in for the finale because they had Jay, Wally, and, and Barry. I, no, I think it wasn't they didn't feel the need. I think they knew they shouldn't and couldn't. Because if they had, then when the speed prison needed a resident, she's another possibility. Yeah. I didn't like the season ending with Barry walking off metaphorically into the sunset, literally into the speed force, to be technically imprisoned there, but not in a hellish sort of a way. Well, he considered it doing his penance. And it was intriguing to me that the writers were taking an approach of perspective makes a monumental difference. Yeah, but Savitar was imprisoned. It implies, first off, we know he's coming back. We, we saw the newspaper headline. He's He's got to come back to die in the crisis. Okay. Okay. That implies the Flash gang is going to be figuring out how to get him out of there. But that means somebody else has to go in. So do they go dig up Rival? What do they go do? I mean, it, it forces a certain amount of how do we bring the band back together next season i did tell you you had to wait at least three episodes before you could have the newlyweds with the grandson visiting (laughs) but it reminds me of uh end of third season start of fourth season of arrow where at the end of third ollie and felicity are driving off into the sunset yes yeah so uh there's a, a little bit of frustration there well there were large aspects of it i didn't like But there was part of the message of it that I found interesting. No, I liked the perspective. I liked the message. I didn't like the red skies with lightning because that implied the crisis. I didn't care for that. What was driving me nuts to the point I finally commented on is I was really appreciating the dialogue between Barry and all his family and friends as he's getting ready to walk off into prison. 
But the fact that they were basically watching a whole bunch of innocent people getting injured because they were kind of dilly-dallying. Yeah. Now, for a speedster, you guys sure move slow. I was half expecting Jay just to dart back in. I wondered about that, quite frankly. And the fact that both Jay and Wally were just kind of hanging back was a little off-putting. It wasn't the heroic thing to do. On the one hand, yeah, but on the other hand, they've been through hell. They know what's waiting on the other side. So I could understand their, I don't want to leap into that breach again. I know what's waiting. I can understand that for Wally. Jay... Just came out. Well, just came out. He'd also been through the other stuff before with uh, with Zoom and whatnot. So, I mean, I guess I'll give him a little bit of a break. But as the elder statesman hero... Yeah. I'd like to see them find a big bad for the next season that goes in a different direction. Mm. And they had a, a comic storyline not uh, too long ago where the Riddler was the villain for The Flash. Mm. And it's basically, you may be faster than I am, but I've planned ahead. Yeah. Well, I think that was a little bit of what, I guess, really second half of the season was frustrating me, was they were trying to do anything they could think of to change the future, to Mm. save Iris. But all of the things they were doing, as you said earlier, they were, it was a very reactionary season. I saw this headline on the newspaper or video of the news at the bus stop the day she dies. Therefore, we have to prevent these headlines from being on the news at that point, because then that day won't happen the way it happened when I saw it. Well, I mean, the sad thing is there was a very easy way to prevent that future. I mean, I wouldn't have done it. I certainly wouldn't have suggested it had I been in the room at the time. Shoot Iris. Kill her now. Future can't happen. Well, I mean, technically break her arm. Her arm wasn't broken in the future. That's just me. <laughs> no, I mean, the the whole replace her with somebody else aspect, what you see happened, but it may not happen the way you thought it did. Yeah. Makes sense. But the fact that there was so much bouncing back and forth in time, even after the Speed Force had told Barry to knock the hell off. Yes. Well, it, some of that bouncing was vibing, just to say. Well, I was going to say, like, going and getting Captain Cold. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Wentworth Miller, great to have him back for an episode. Yes. But, you know, a little awkward. Yeah. Actually, Captain Cold did probably as much time travel this episode as some characters do in time travel shows. Yeah. So, there's that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I liked uh, Captain Cold telling him, you know, be the hero. It was nice. I think they could have done a little bit better job grounding that episode in the timeline of Legends of Tomorrow better. Yeah, me too. Because you had to kind of read into it. Well, I think it's here. Yeah. Do you think they need to bring Julian back next season? I think they probably will. It seemed just out of inertia they would. Yeah, I I blow hot and cold on Julian. Uh, he's still at least 50% annoying, but he's not as annoying as he was at the beginning of the season. I would only bring him back if Caitlin becomes a recurring, not a regular, and he's there to keep that plot line alive. I was going to say, he's definitely the bridge to Caitlin. He's also Barry's bridge, if we have Barry back immediately, into the police station, even more than Joe. Yeah, I had thought that around this season or end of next would be when to kill off Joe. Because mm. everything kind of hinges around that. Mm-hmm. But I think after this season, after 
not hinting at, but but obsessing over Iris potentially dying. Yeah. Uh, that would be a bad note to go down. I am starting to wonder just how many times they can either threaten, fake, or actually kill off Harrison Wells. Well, we have a different Harrison Wells every season, which is part of why I was pointing out when you were doing the, what's the, I don't want to say formula per season, but what do we do each season? In addition to the, we have a speedster enemy each season, it's, we pick a Harrison Wells for the season that isn't the Harrison Wells we had last season. Well, we never got the This Earth version of Harrison Wells because he was killed by Eobard. We saw a flashback. We saw a flashback. But we see Eobard as Harrison. Mm-hmm. Then we get the Earth 2 Harrison mm-hmm. that we end the season with. We then get the Earth, would you say, 19 mm-hmm. version. We see a few others. Yeah, the others auditioning was kind of entertaining. That was fun. We've established that uh, Harrison doesn't exist on every Earth. Yes. Because he was not to be found on Supergirl's Earth. That would be funny if that turned out just to be a clerical error and the one from that one comes over. Yes. Well, Supergirl would have to knock it off with Supergirl. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it was... The season had its moments. It had some fun stuff. But it didn't push the envelope. It didn't go in different directions. It never really answered a couple of key questions like where did Savitar get the suit? A few things like that. I thought the very nature of Savitar was frankly a little off-putting and going with yet another speedster villain just seemed redundant. Well, the concept that our hero could be utterly destroyed by the death of one person he loves felt to me inconsistent with the Barry Allen we know, first of all. I mean, his mother died when he was a kid. Well, and that echoes, again, that first season of uh, a speedster threatening and then actually killing somebody close to you you know well when his father died everyone pulls together with him he makes it through his father was killed by zoom yes that sounds right noticing a trend here yeah they need to go in a different direction next season they need to play up that not everybody in the universe has to have super speed i'd like to see them build the rogues back up a little hard given that they've taken a couple of the key members out um but i'd like to see them build up a and they started, too, with Cold and Heatwave, but a community of supervillains in Central City? Yeah. That would just, I mean, that was always one of the fun aspects of uh, of the comics, is typically you would have a team of heroes going up against a solo villain or whatever, but to have a team of villains going up against the solo hero. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's fast, but he can't be in multiple places at once or whatever. Yeah. To the point that in the comics, not too long ago, they actually played along those lines of, we're going to go do a heist over here, mm-hmm. like on the other side of the planet. It's very clearly the rogues. Flash goes off. They've scattered around Central City and they're fleecing the entire town. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that would be fun. And I'd like to see them play a little bit more with uh, with the multiverse. They've done quite a bit with it. Seeing Gorilla City was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But so much of that was all in service of preventing a, a future, you know... Yeah. That it got a little lost in the shuffle, I think. I'd like to see them play up a little bit more of sort of the science side, but then toss in a couple of characters that just don't play by the rules. Yeah. As fun as Zatanna could be over in Supergirl, she would be fascinating over here, surrounded by scientists, because you would have Cisco constantly trying to explain the magic. <laughs> yeah. And it's 
it's magic, you know? Yeah. So I'd like to see uh, see them do that. The fact that we've gone three seasons with no elongated man surprises me. His name was dropped in the first season. He is a uh, uh, part of a husband-wife crime-solving team, and he stretches. So think uh, either Plastic Man or Mr. Fantastic, but with a more of a Scooby-Doo kind of a mindset. It'd be fun, and it's something they could do is just a Barry and Iris go on a cruise or go on a getaway, whatever, and this is the couple they hang out with. That'd be cool. Because in the comics, that was one of Barry's closest friends. When I guess what I'm sitting here wondering is when we come back next season, I mean, we have to get Barry out of jail is basically the, we start with the prison break series of episodes. It's not a prison break. It's a prisoner exchange is the problem. Yes. Yes. And we have to find someone we're willing to sacrifice, which in a way means maybe we scope out the other Earths for a speedster villain we're willing to throw in. Which, given that they've got both Vibe and uh, Gypsy there at the end, certainly possible. Seems likely. Of course, that almost implies we get an evil Barry. Uh, well, I think we come out with a changed Barry. That's the other speedster we haven't seen. Johnny Quick. Now, I know you're thinking I mentioned Johnny Quick, the father of Jesse Quick. There's another Johnny Quick who came from the crime syndicate world in the comics, where everything that was good is bad, everything that's bad is good. Did you know John's a very common name? It is. But the Johnny Quick uh, was part of the crime syndicate, which is, mm -hmm. again, the evil Justice League. So that would be a very easy, let's grab that one and swap them out. And we've already got the skeleton key device to go pop somebody out of the prison. Yeah, because we're assuming we, I thought we picked it back up off the grass and didn't like get destroyed. It didn't get visibly destroyed, so I'm going on that assumption too. So they can get them out whenever they want. It's just how do we keep them out? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, the fact that they've kind of got to go and do that at the beginning of the season, a little annoying. I mean, it felt to me like part of Savitar, maybe the predominant part of Savitar's mission the whole season was to make, to do things that would make Barry become the Barry that is Savitar. Yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, I know that being emotionally crushed by Iris's death led to your being the person I am now. Well, and I liked how they tried to talk it out with him for yeah. a bit. He's like, yeah, so where do I live? Do I bunk with Wally? How, you know, how does this work? Yeah. You know, and, and kind of the thinking through the consequences. Well, the funny thing is, part of me was wondering, how come nobody is suggesting we find an Earth like Kara's that doesn't have a Flash that needs a berry? It would almost feel like he's getting exiled then. But if they had found... One in which Iris had survived and Barry had died or some such. Yeah. Certainly there are possibilities for that. Yeah. I do want to see if they need to get somebody to, to swap places. A a Johnny Quick version of Barry. Evil goatee, <laughs> you know, just go the whole mirror universe route. Saw that coming. Yeah. Um, I just think that would be funny. Because on that world, you would also have a heroic Frost. That would be awesome to see. I mean, start with that. She's the hero of that world. Yeah. So there's some fun... St Actually, her, Grodd, King Shark, a few others. Actually, I was cold. thinking... Yeah, I was thinking her, Cold, and... Uh, Heat Wave? Yeah. There's a, a, a quite a bit they could do to take some of the th characters that had been villains 
turn them into a quasi-Justice League of that world mm-hmm. that's constantly vexed by, by this speedster. Yeah, whether it be a, a uh, miniseries, kind of Agent Carter style, or an arc within one of mm-hmm. the series in Flash might make the most sense. What might be interesting to do is you need to reassemble something and pieces were left on multiple Earths. So you have to go to Earth-19 to get one of the pieces. And you have to go to Earth-38 to get one of the pieces. And you also have to go to Earths we haven't been to. And it gives you a chance to go to the Earth where Hero Frost exists, etc. And just kind of scope out some of the alternate possibilities. Well, even if you just go to the evil Earth and encounter Owlman instead of Batman and a few characters like that. Yeah. Certainly it'd be fun. There's a lot of stuff that they've, again, pulled in across the shows. Still a lot left to to pull from. Mm-hmm. And I just hope they find a, a good angle for next season. I want Flash to go back to being the lighter, brighter side of the DC Universe. It was a little too morbid. Too dark this season. Yeah. Definitely lighten it up. If he comes out of the Speed Force having paid his, his dues, done his penance, whatever and things are kind of a bit more on the up and up. I'd like to see the Flash team kind of firing on all cylinders, doing fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. Maybe to the point of even getting a little cocky and stuff. Because they've got, you know, a couple of speedsters that can come in. They're, they've not only got this world, but they're helping clean up Earth 2, Earth, you know, whatever's mm-hmm. out there. Uh, and then really, you know, have some, some uh, uh, threads dropped early on that lead up to they're going to get their butts seriously kicked because... Maybe they've played on too many Earths, and that's all coming home to roost. Yeah. You know? Sure, you can handle a Killer Frost. Can you handle five? Yeah. Something of that sort. They've got a, a good show. They've got a good writing team. It's just they need to find a little bit different of a plot line for next season. I agree. Because I think they're they're doing some fun stuff, but they've they've dropped the ball in a few areas. We haven't gotten some of the payoff I was hoping for. Now, one thing I thought they did do well was um, Joe's personal life. Yeah, but even that, it wasn't even referenced in the last episode or two. And I'll agree with that. Uh, Joe building up the relationship, going through the dating, when to introduce the kids. Yeah. Almost with the, you know, I know they're out of college and getting married on their own, and I'm still afraid to introduce a girlfriend to them, kind of the acknowledging it shouldn't be as big a deal as it's feeling like, but... The Cecilia character was a lot of fun. There was something about her in some of the more recent appearances, particularly the one in which Barry uh, loses his memory, mm. where she went from, she's just short, to she almost looked like a child in adult clothing. I don't know what it was. It was like they forgot to give her her high heels or something. Yes. Something. Well, and several of the guys on the show are quite tall. Grant Gustin and uh, Jesse L. Martin. Yeah, but it hadn't really struck me before that episode. There was something about how either the cinematography was done, because, I mean, she's done a terrific job on the whole season. Um, Well, part of what I liked was Joe realizing, wait, if the people in our lives are in danger, then I need to break up with her. mm -hmm. Because I... I do love her. I'm not going to put her in danger. But basically, it's, you know, if he'd broken up with her just a day sooner, she wouldn't have gotten kidnapped. Yeah, there is that. 
So it kind of, it was funny how it played out. Because when they go in to rescue her and she's looking at him with the, so this is why you wanted to break up, huh? I would almost play that up by introducing a new character who is a blogger on The Flash, a la Iris for first mm-hmm. season, who constantly gets themselves into trouble by doing that and is making everything up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm trying to think what other Hallmark stuff they could, because they brought in Abracadabra this season. We got uh, some good stuff with uh, with Grodd, certainly. Some of the effects they're doing on this show are just amazing. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, are there any other kind of characters that uh, are kind of key aspects of the Flash mythology? Actually, the one thing they haven't done, and they're far enough in that it starts to make sense and would be a great way to start next season, is the Flash Museum. Mm, okay. That was always a, a key aspect, because the Barry in the comics was never doing this for the adulation, the praise, and the, the fame. Mm-hmm. But he was—he got to where he was so loved by Central City mm-hmm. that a, a museum in his honor. Yeah. And some of it would be the sort of thing that I would like to see them also add next season, where as he's running through town doing stuff, he's fixing things up a little bit here and there. Just again, If he comes out of the Speed Force even more of a compulsive do-gooder yeah. than, than he goes in, uh, that would be fun. Something to where everybody knows that their lives is just... They are getting a little bit better every day because he's in town. Well, it's funny because Wally's personal hell was uh, his mother's hospital room where Mm -hmm. he hadn't gone to see her one last time before she died. There was an aspect of the way Barry was talking at the end of mom died when I was a kid, dad's dead. I've lived through and survived my personal hell. This is... This is different. This is making penance for a mistake I made by trying to have too much, by trying to take from others. The Speed Force has always had an interesting relationship with Barry, both in the comics and in the show. And he's had a couple of discussions with it. So it'll, if we don't get a little bit of a sense of what he's going through in the Speed Force between seasons, I'll be disappointed with that. But I... I just wonder if it'll really be the same type of hell that the others went through. Oh, absolutely not. They were very clear about that. Well, not in terms of each is a unique personal hell, but in terms of because he's already lived his personal hell. They were very clear he's not going there to go through punishment. He just needs to spend some time there. Okay. He's he's there as an invited guest, not yeah. a prisoner. Yeah. So it, I think they're trying to help him adjust i don't know it's we'll see what they go what direction they go yeah it's almost like the speed force needs his help to heal yeah it it was an odd way to end the season and again reminded me very much of of uh oliver and felicity driving off into the sunset yeah so i i half expect there to be a functioning team flash sans barry yeah the beginning of next season well i mean they've got kid flash so it's not like they're without a hero or two well, they had Jay. They can call on Jesse. They've got Vibe. They've got uh, yeah. Yeah. Gypsy. They've uh, they've got some others they can call in. I'm sure. Yeah. We'll see where they go. It was a fun season. I don't think it was uh, the best season yet. But I'm glad they have another one. Certainly, it's too soon to end the show. Uh, one of the things I do want to see each of these show kind of do before they end is something that really showcases. Just how big of a roster of characters they've built up in this universe. Yeah. The CW really ought to put together 
a, a page on the website that just has here's the hero shot of Flash in costume, Kid Flash in costume. Everything on up and down of the characters, even the ones that just showed up for an episode. Yeah. Here's Red Tornado, here's this. Marvel has done guidebooks of the cinematic universe along the lines of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Mm. DC really ought to do one for the different uh, television universes they've had going over the decades. Yeah. Because I think it'd just be fun. Yeah, I agree. So, anything else on this, or wait for the next season? Yeah, wait for the next season. All right. The show notes and forum for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.